it's just me. It's just the one and only Landon Barrios. Uh, my wife is at work. I'm here at home. Uh, this one might be a little bit shorter than usual because this one is just me and I'm not talking to anyone. I'm literally here by myself and we're going to do a little something different here. We're going to be actually doing a little devotional out of the Bible. And I was asked to do a bunch of these. This is my first one doing this in recording. So um, if it goes well, please let me know. Tell me what you want to hear, what, what kind of different topics. Um, what I'm actually going to be start doing is little topics like today, we're going to be talking about anger, okay? So it'll be topics like anger, temptation, sadness, happiness, love, um, disappointment, um, all these things that, a lot of feelings. I want to kind of hit on feelings and what the Bible actually talks about. And what does what the verses say about these things? So today we'll be talking about anger. One of the big question is: Is anger a sin? We're going to be going diving into that for a little bit, and there are thousands upon thousands of verses that you could go to talking about anger, people being angry, God being angry. Um, there's many things. To talk about that, which it would be a whole list um, of verses we would have to read. So I quickly came with a few of them. Most of the references we're going to be using are about God, okay? And I encourage you to look this up. It's not hard. I mean, literally, you can just Google, you know, verses about anger and look up King James versions, and it'll give you a whole list of things. So... But this is this is something that I've been wanting to do. A lot of people want me to do it. A lot of our youth group, I think it it'll be great for them to be able to listen while they're doing school or whatever they're doing. You know, being able to um, do a little, you know, devotional. I don't know how many times I'll be able to do this, um, but hopefully, um, we can do this more often. Um, we'll still be doing obviously, you know having people come on and doing all those other things. But for the most part, we're going to try and fill those gaps in with little Bible verses. So today, if you're driving or if you're just listening at home or if you're access to a Bible or even on your phone, we're going to be looking at some verses about anger. What are, the one thing I want to start with is we're going to be turning to Ephesians chapter 4, Verses 26. Now, with being said this, is anger a sin? Well, first of all, anger is a feeling. Anger is something God created in us. And it is something that when we read in the Bible, God has it also. So, anger itself is not a sin. It's the actions you take to handle that anger can become a sin. Now, obviously, um, anger is a very difficult thing, feeling, to overcome. When someone hurts us or when someone uh, disappoints us or when someone, you know, does something mean or just brings us to anger, um, maybe they, um, they were talking bad about you or maybe a family member's 
keeps doing what they're doing and getting into trouble and you've tried and tried and tried to witness to them and bring them um, kind of back on the right path, but they refuse to do so and they keep living this life of sin and it starts to make you angry as a Christian. Or maybe um, you're out there doing something that you're not supposed to and your mom and dad are keep telling you, young man or young lady, you keep doing this and you're going to get in trouble. Give me your phone for a week or you're grounded or you can't go to your friend's house or go to the back room. You're getting a spanking. <laughs> that would be my mom right there. It didn't matter how old I was. You're getting a spanking. But um, but there's a lot of things that can drive us to anger. Uh, work for the adults out there. Work can drive us to anger. Um, people in general, you know, out there in the world. Trust me, I, I deliver Dr. Pepper's. You know, and I'm out there dealing with customers. And for the majority, you know, now that I've been there for a while, um, I've had a lot of people like me now. They know me, my name. They 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 say, hey, Landon, how's it going? You know, come on in, whatever. They let me in their store early before opening. So there's a lot of good people out there, obviously. But there are occasional people, and mostly it's people that we don't deliver a whole lot to, that try and put a thumb on top of you and they try and get you to do this and do that and, you know, try and get more out of what they paid for. And then you got to politely explain to them that, you know, hey, I'm just a delivery guy. I'm not here to set up your store or anything like that. Just where do you want it? And I'll drop it off, you know. And boy, do they get mad. But um, I've had people where they cuss and they yell at me. I had one lady, she literally, you know, cursed me to hell. And I, I just laughed and put everything back in the truck and walked away. <laughs> I mean, there, there's, there's different ways to handle anger. And, you know, easily I could have lashed back at her, but obviously I didn't. You know, I just, you know, I just actually, I just walked away. That's what I did. But uh, let's get into this. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26. Let's see what it says. <clears throat> It says this, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Okay, listen to this. Be ye angry and sin not. Okay, so you, it is, the Bible does say, it is possible to be angry and not to sin. Well, how do we do that? How do we handle these situations? Well, let's keep reading down in verse 7 and on and on 4. Uh, neither go, neither give place to the devil. Verse 28. Let him that steal, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That You know what that means, young people out there? You know what that means, adults out there? That means no language. Don't don't put people down or don't cuss at them. You know, you need your your tongue is the most important testimony you will have. Your attitude is the most important testimony you have. Altitude, attitude is altitude, ladies and gentlemen. So remember, it says clearly, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying that is that that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Listen, people, everything we say as Christians, we're being judged by everything we say, do, act. You know, we're being judged by it. 
Because first of all, as a Christian, naturally, the Holy Spirit is in us. And when the Holy Spirit is in us, God should be shown through us. Remember, we are a vessel unto God. We are God's ambassadors. We represent Jesus Christ. So when we walk and talk and say anything at all to the people that are hearers, as the Bible explains, will bear witness to this and they will judge us and they will see how a young Christian or an older Christian acts. Um, and they'll benefit from those. If, if you have a good attitude, even in tough, tight situations, when people do you wrong, it says when people steal, when people do you wrong, how you handle a situation will will depend so you never know sometimes it might, that itself might depend on whether they will be at church on Sunday or not whatever you say it, I'm serious it, it, we're talking salvation here with a Christian's attitude it is so important let's keep reading Verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That's a tall order sometimes. Like I said, when people do us wrong and we want to get back at them, and we want to hurt them. And we want to just say, well, you're short. <laughs> well, you're ugly. You got a big nose. You know, we can easily say some very hateful things. And, you know, and you know, the other day, I will not say the name, but they know who they are. <laughs> Mallory and I were over at some friend's house. And they got into a fight. And I won't go over the details because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But they got into a fight. And what started off as a question turned into an answer. And then it turned into backlash. I mean, one was yelling, well, you do this and you do that. And I don't do this and I don't do that. Then the other one person was saying, well, you do this and you do that. And you spend this and you spend that. And boy, were they going at it. I'm talking yelling. I'm talking like using weird like terminology that like was very strange that obviously if you were in a sober mindset, you would not be using those kind of words. Of course, it wasn't language, like bad language. It was just examples or telling them to do something that was completely bizarre. And slamming doors and all this good stuff. I mean, it was crazy. And Mallory and I had to bear witness to this. Of course, you know, everything worked out. They worked it out. You know, we worked it out. You know, everything was fine. It was just Mallory, Mallory and I were in the crossfires of that fight. And that was our very first, like, couples fight, I guess we had. Not, not, not with, you know, me and Mallory and them, but just witnessing them two fighting. It was, it was actually kind of comical, you could say. <laughs> but... But anyhow, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, okay? So you've got to learn to hold yourself together, you know? And how do you do this? This is, you know, how, how, how can, how can you keep all that anger in? A lot of times, and I've noticed, 
when some people just hide the anger and they build up inside of them, you know, when they build it up and build it up and build it up and build it up and they just put it away, as long as they put it away, it's going to be okay, it's going to be all right, you know, they're getting what's coming to them one these days. And then one day they've, they've, they, they've put it back so much. I mean, they're just boiling with anger inside and they lash out. And a lot of times that is the most dangerous place you can be as an individual. I seen one lady one time. She, um, it was when I was working at Ennis, she was going down a line and, you know, I, I, I can't say that I blame her, but I do, I, I will say there was a different way to handle it, exiting the building. But she started going down the line saying, blank you, blank you, blank you, blank you, and just yelling and screaming. And a lot of people actually like this lady. You know, this lady was a hard worker and she was kind of funny. Of course, she was in a man's world at that plant, but... But she was done wrong several times, and uh, but but the way she handled it was, well, it was pretty tough, and it's sad to say. But you know, exiting that building, she was there for probably not even a year or anything like that, but getting pretty close enough to where people remember her name. But unfortunately, she's remembered as a lady that went down the line saying blank you blank you blank you and you know you know there's a quote i heard and and it's and it says all it takes is one bad day and that's very true i mean you can your testimony man and young people and you know people of all ages you know i mean you can build up your testimony and you can go to church your whole life and you can have so many do so many good things in a church and everything but that one time you act up in church and you yell in a meeting or you yell at church or you do something that is out of anger in front of a bunch of people, I mean, people will remember that. And it, and it, and it, and it is so dangerous to, to put ourselves in that position. So, so what is, what is, what, is, what does God say? Or what does the Bible say about it? What does God, what does the Bible say to do? How are we to, um, how would he keep this under control? Well, let's read in verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Let's read it one more time. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You know, and I, I know that can be tough. I know it can be hard to be tenderhearted. I know it can be hard to forgive. But we have to remember who we are. We're sinners. We've sinned against God. You know, there, there's nothing we can do or say that can bring us salvation. There's nothing we can do in our power. You know, as a sinner, I've sinned against God. I've done sin. I've done wrong. I mean, you named it. You name it in the book. I've probably done it. But there's Jesus Christ. 
And he said, God, let me go down there and let me be that perfect sacrifice. Let me die on the cross for their sins. I will pay their price for them because I love them. It's crazy to think that, you know, God came down. God came down to this earth to die for us. You know, a lot of times we, 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 you know, there's, we've, you know, there's God, there's the Holy Spirit and there's Jesus. But what, but remember, they're all the, they're the Trinity. They're all one. God himself came down and put himself in a man's body to forgive us, to forgive our anger, to forgive that time when we lashed out on our moms and dads, or we lashed out on a coworker or a boss, or we lashed out on some family members or some church members. Or maybe we just got angry in private and we started destroying everything, punching things, kicking things. Or maybe just in our heart, we've built it up to where we're like, oh, if I just could beat that guy up right now, I would just slaughter him. There's a lot of sin in us and we're lost. We were, we were lost. You know, I was lost as a, as, as a goat or whatever they say, lost as a lamb. You know, when I was young, of course, I was saved at a young age. So I was I was very blessed to be around, to have a Christian family and, and to be around, you know, good, godly people my entire life, you know. But there there's others out there who didn't have that opportunity, who were surrounded by so much negative. You know, I was listening to Dave Ramsey one day. And this lady was going on and on and on about her problems and about her family problems and this and that. And he stopped and said, ma'am, I am so sorry that you are surrounded by so much negativity. But that doesn't keep people from salvation. Salvation is free. Salvation is something that, you know, we can't, whatever we do or say, we can't get only by the by the power of God, by Jesus Christ, will he allow us to be saved. And obviously, if you, you know, kneel down on one knee and say, God, forgive me of my sins, God will forgive you. He says he will. In John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only forgotten son. Begotten son, I'm sorry. <laughs> that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. To believe in him. I know as a Christian, it's hard because, you know, right now we're so angry, you know, what's going on in today's time and the presidential election stuff, you know, but, but guys, listen, Jesus, God, or the Holy Spirit is still on the throne. Joe Biden being president isn't going to, to change where I'm going when I die. If I, if I let someone else if I let someone else ruin my testimony, that's my fault. If I let if I let someone else ruin my testimony, it's my fault. Because it's the way I handle it. God said he'll bless it. Let's let's go on. Let's read. Let's go to Psalms chapter 7, verses 11. I said this was going to be short, but it may not be. I don't know. I'm trying my best, but we'll see. Psalms chapter 7, verses 11. 
So, uh, getting back on track here, I kind of went down a road there. Let's see how God handles anger. Because if anyone uh, handles anger right, it's God, right? So let's see how God can handle anger, and maybe we can apply that in our lives. Let's see. Psalms chapter 7, verses 11. It says, God judges the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day. Excuse me, y'all. So we see here, God is angry with the wicked every day. So obviously, listen, we can be angry at sin. We can say that person is doing sin and that is wrong and it's making me upset. That's fine. Because sin is to be hated. Because sin is of the devil. Sin was not created by God. Sin is of the devil. And sin is is a part of the corruption and the fall of man. And sin, you have to remember this, sin divides us from God. So whatever it is that is keeping God from us, can you imagine how much hate he has for that? Because he realizes his creation, his most precious, beautiful creation, which is mankind, is being separated by this evil corruption called sin and that he has laid down a plan to for us to overcome that sin and be saved and to start a relationship with him and go to heaven with him but but a lot of people can't overcome that because they refuse to allow themselves to be changed they allow them themselves to be to be a, a vessel unto god God is angry with the wicked every day. Let's go to Romans chapter 1, verse 18. We'll be back in Psalms for one more verse. But let's go to Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Let's see what it says. This is actually pretty good. Hold on one second. Okay. Okay. It'll be um, Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. I originally just did 18, but then I just saw what 20 was, and I was like, ooh, we got to add that in there. So quickly here, Romans chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from the heavens against all ungodliness. Remember, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifested in them. For God had showed it unto them. Okay? God has shown them. God has shown them that there is a God. Well, how did he do that? How did God... How was it manifested in us that God uh, is real? Okay? Well, this is what he says. For the visible, not invisible, for the, oh, I'm sorry, I, I said it wrong. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the earth are clearly seen, okay? Like heaven and God and angels. Let's see this. For the, visi- for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What does that mean? 
For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that which are made, that are made. Okay, listen, the evidence of God is everywhere. Okay, imagine if you created this. If you created a boat, if you created a boat, and you said, look around, this is the boat. See, there's the oars, there's the sails, there's the mast, there's the anchor, there's the boat shape. It is right in front of you. There it is. So obviously, someone built this boat, right? Okay, well, I'm that guy. But there will be people living on that boat the entire time and wondering, how did this boat get here? How in the world did this boat get here? Well, I think there was a big bloom bang that came about and the boat magically came together. Or I believe that different spirits came and this and that. And I believe one man did this and that and became a god. Or I believe, you know, all these spirits, yada, 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 yada. Okay, God is saying, look, the evidence of God is everywhere. Okay, so trees, mountains. I remember going through several places in um in the desert and i remember going down into this valley and when we're driving in this valley i could see a circle of mountains around me while i was down this valley and then again the valley was flat it was nothing but desert there was nothing out there but sand dunes and, and desert and everything but i'm very far away all the way around three 360 degree angle it was a bowl shape and that's exactly where where the flood came and where the water sat and the water slowly drained. Okay, you could see this. I mean, it's clearly evidence. You know, the Grand Canyon, I've actually never been there. I saw a little bit of it on the highway, but my brother's been there. And he says, you can literally see the creation of God there. You can see where the water just massively came through and created this Grand Canyon. Now they say, oh, it started by a little tree, a little, not a tree, a little, uh, a small little um, creek that slowly over millions of years became a, a small, you know, creek and then a river, a stream. It was a stream, then a creek, then a river. And now it's, you know, so-and-so thousand feet deep, whatever, yada, yada, yada. But the evidence of God is everywhere. So God says, look, you know, my evidence is everywhere. And you are without excuse. It says it right here. What, what verse was I even at? I don't even know where I was at. Where is it? Oh, yeah, there it is. Um, For his eternal power and God is so that they are without excuse. Let's keep reading real quick. Let's just read, you know, one more verse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their own, in their imaginations. Here we go. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. So here's evidence right there where all these scientists, you know, the evidence of God is everywhere. But in their imaginations, they became all these, they, they thought about all these things. And they said this and that and evolution. And bringing, you know, bringing people away from God. You know, taking people away from the idea that there is a God. And that just furiates God. Because obviously, God said, look, this is my creation. There is a creator. Just look around. Everything you see, I created, and I there was a flood, and there's obviously evidence there was a flood. But these people who professing themselves to be wise, with their imaginations, came up with a different 
idea of the beginning of how it all started, and they became fools, and God gets angry at stuff like that. So it's okay to be angry at stuff like that, but it's how we handle it, obviously. Let's turn to Psalms chapter 103. Psalms chapter 1. I mean, I'm sorry, Psalms chapter 103. I can get there. Verses 8. Psalms chapter 103, verse 8. It says this. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plentiness in mercy. Slow to anger and plentiness to mercy. The Lord is very patient. He understands we're sinners. He understands we're lost. And thank goodness he is. Because imagine if, 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 imagine if we didn't have a chance to gain salvation. I mean, we'd all burn in hell. Imagine if God just wiped us out again. What if, what if God, what if God never wanted to restart? What if after the flood, God said, you know what? I know they're going to sin again. I know where it's headed. Why even do it again? Would you? If you were to build a house, and the house got corrupt by a bunch of termites, and it was totally destroyed, and you knew if you destroyed this house and built another one, you knew that it'd be corrupt again. Would you build the house? Would you even try? Would you quit? Would you say, you know what? I'm not doing it again. I mean, the animals were perfectly fine. They were perfect. They did nothing wrong. The trees, the fishes, the fowls, the deer, even the cows. And cows are the dumbest animals you will ever deal with. Trust me, I know. They are the dumbest animals you will ever deal with. But they're not the ones that sinned. They're not the ones that disobeyed. You knew if you gave wisdom and some kind of authority over that house, that they would destroy it. They would destroy it. Would you do it again? That's a tough question. What if you ran a race? What if you ran a race and every time, and you, you knew if you, if you ran this race that you were going to lose, would you even try? Would you even try? I guarantee you a lot of us wouldn't. I guarantee you a lot of us would say, you know what? Why even do it? If they're just going to do it again, why even? Why even? It says God is slow to anger and he is merciful. He has plentiness of mercy. He has more mercy than you and I could ever have in our lives. He has forgiven so much. After so many people uh, hated him, despised him, people are out there today saying that God isn't even real. And yet, he still allows them to walk on this earth. 
He still allows them to teach what they're teaching. Makes you wonder, it's like, man, why, why in the world would God allow uh, these teachers in our schools, our, our elementary schools, our high schools, our, our, our education system to, to teach the next generation that there is no God. We obviously see that the decline in people going to church is rapidly going through the generations. It's going like they're not going anymore, if I, if I said it wrong, that they're, 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 that they're stopped going. I know a lot of my parents' generations, which is about 50s, 40s, you know, whatever, they're, they're still, they, they may not go to church, but they still believe. But you ask someone my age, it's 23, 21, if they believe in God, the answer is no. A lot of them have never even set foot in a church. You know, my parents, a lot of them, in their generation, you know, a lot of them grew up in church. Church was still a big thing back, back in those days. But not their kids, not us. There's kids to this day that are that are murdering. There's kids to this day that are younger than me that are doing twelve times the the amounts of sin that I was doing. There's people out there that have never even heard of the story of Noah, the story of Daniel, of Jonah. Why does God allow this to keep going on? You know how much anger I would have for those people? Boy, I'd put them to death. I'd say, if, if what are you to your teaching that we became monkeys? Get that guy out of here. Throw him in jail. Let's all come together. Let's plan a hanging. And let's see, on November 12th, on a Tuesday afternoon, that's perfectly fine. Let's hang him. Let's hang him. Because he's teaching all these kids to do all these things. No, 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 no. We are going to put a stop to that right here, right now. No, no, no. Because if he teaches this guy, this guy's going to believe and he's going to start teaching and they're going to go, da, 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 da. Let's nip it in the bud and let's get this guy and let's kill him and let the let God judge him. But no, the Lord allows him to keep teaching and doing what he's doing. Why does he do that? Why does God show so much mercy? It's because he loves us. And it's because he wants to give people the opportunity to change and to turn away. It's hard. It's hard. But it goes to show you how powerful of God we serve. How merciful yet just a God we serve. It is amazing. Our last verse of today, let's go to James chapter 1, verses 19. James chapter 1, verses 19. Let's read. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. What wise words that is from James. It says for the first part, you know, be swift to hear. You know, we need to be quick on our feet. When a preacher's preaching, 
when someone's teaching at church and they say the wrong thing, you know, we need to be, we need to, we need to realize what, what's going on. You know, we need to, we need to be, we need to study the Bible. Because what if a preacher's preaching something and we actually disagree with it, but we don't catch it? What if someone's doing something wrong at work and you don't tell them anything? That was kind of a weird thing. I don't know why I jumped to that, but <clears throat> forget I said that. I happened to that today. I noticed he was doing something wrong, and I tried to tell him something. He didn't listen, and it just made me mad. It's been bothering me all day. But that's the point. You know, we got to let it go. We got to let it go, and I'm going to let it go right here. It says, be swift to hear and slow to speak. You know, we need to gather ourselves together. When, when, someone, when we hear something and something's going on, we need to be paying attention. We don't need to be keeping our heads in the clouds and, oh, well, they're kids. They'll do kid things or they're young. They'll grow out of it. You know, they'll be fine. Let them be kids. Let them be this. Let them be that. Oh, he's been that way since we got married. You know, oh, he's that's just the way he is. He's been like that since he was born. It's important to realize what to say and when we need to say it. You know, sometimes when someone says something mean or harsh, a lot of times you got to pick and choose whether you need to tell them right then or a little bit later. We need to gather ourselves together. A lot of times when we're handling a situation that that might be very tender, we need to go into prayer. And we need to ask God, God, give me the wisdom to tell this person, tell this family member, tell this coworker. Because the all, all wisdom comes from God, y'all. All the wisdom that is coming out of our mouths, everything that's came out of my mouth is I'm not sure if it's coming from God. I really hope it is. But um but if we're if we're if we're going to address something, you know, our own mindset, our own hearts and what we think doesn't matter, what God thinks matters. So, we need to address people in the right way. In the right way. We need to come to them calmly and say, "Hey, what you're doing is wrong," or "Hey, what you said back there really bothers me," or this or that, you know, slow to speak and especially slow to wrath. Slow to wrath. There's a lot of people I know that are, I mean, you say one thing, oh, they, they just start, they, they, their face gets all red, their ears start burning, and they just want to pop someone. So a buddy of mine told me, just not, I mean, the other day, he called me, and he was brave. Okay, sorry about that, y'all. My wife called, and she, and I had told her I was doing a little lesson not to call, and I guess she forgot, which is, you know, fine, fine, fine. And again, it was kind of funny, because right when she called me, I got real mad. I said, oh my gracious, why right now? I done told her not to call me. And then I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I looked at this verse, and it says, I said, well, where, where, I looked at it a second ago, 18, there it is, um, James 1, 19, okay. And then it said here, it says, um, slow to speak and slow to wrath. And immediately, that was a great example of um, being slow to speak. 
and slow to wrath. I mean, right then my wife just called and I, I already told her, don't call me. You just come home. I know you're on your way home at six o'clock. You just come on home and, you know, we'll get her done. We'll get her done. You know, and let me do this podcast. Let me get it out of the way. And that way, let me see if it does good. And if it does good, we'll do more of them. If it doesn't, we just won't because people don't want to hear the word of God. <laughs> but anyways, but it's true. Slow to speak and slow to anger. So it's so important that we're slow to anger. Uh, man, that gave me, you know, now I'm kind of off my rails a little bit. But let's see if we can jump right back into it. But, um... But we hear, you know, stories of the Bible, like when Jonah heard where God said, you know, Jonah, you know, I want you to go preach in Nineveh. I mean, he ran. He was like, oh, no, 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 no. I ain't going over there. He ran all the way. He was going all the way across the sea to uh, to another to another city. He was running from God. He was angry. He was mad. You know, we see people like Job, Job. When Job was such a godly man and he tried to do everything right. But he was so angry, he actually begged God for death. He was so mad. He was so upset. His wife was telling him to curse God and die. And Job did nothing wrong. Job didn't understand what he did to deserve this. Yet he said he kept praising God, but there was a point to where he was wanting to die. He was ready to die. There's several stories in the Bible where people got angry. Moses, when he saw them worshiping, you know, the, the golden calf, he was mad. And instead of speaking to it, he goes over there and throws the Ten Commandments at it and breaks. And because of that, because of that, he couldn't go into the promised land. You know, a lot of times we don't realize this, but maybe, maybe there was a reason why God didn't let us do what we want to do. Maybe he didn't bless us with the blessing we've been praying for because maybe we handled a situation wrong. You ever been through that? You ever prayed for God like, God, you know, I really want this to work out. Lord, please, you know, I beg of you, please let this work out. And then something got wrong and you got tested and you got angry and you lashed out at someone and then you went back and it was only for a few seconds. It was only for a moment. Have you ever thought God throws little tests at us? Say, well, if he, let's see if he passes this. Let's see if he can handle, if he can pull himself together and not allow little things like that to bother him. My biggest thing is um, when a pallet falls in my truck. Because they'll be stacked up. And when, there's nothing that makes me more angry at work than this. I can't work with... Uh, oh, there it is. I'm getting angry. I was just thinking about it. Some people are just dumb. And that's okay. The Lord loves them. But they will totally stack a whole pallet of of drinks so wrong to where all it takes is just a slight push and the whole thing collapse. Of course, when they're on transport, they got all these aired up balloons and they're all tight in there. But by the time they get on my truck, they're all loose, you know. And that pallet will, I mean, any little thing, and it'll tip over and it'll fall. And you got to spend an extra 30, 40 minutes picking everything up and restacking it. And I used to get so mad, I would... Send a picture. I would take a picture and send it to my leader. Say, look at this. This is ridiculous. There's someone needs to be fired over that. I would get so mad. But here lately, I've been doing this thing, and I I didn't. I kind of did it on accident. One of the coke guy came up to me, and he and I didn't know he was back there. He was just trying to say, hey, 
you know, and he came to the back of the trailer and I didn't notice he was back there and I was picking up all the drinks and I started singing. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to road ride, road ride with my six shooter, something, something on a cattle drive, singing a young girl's heart. Woo! Just like Gene and Roy singing by a campfire song. Oh, I should have been a cowboy. <laughs> I started singing that. Anyway, it would make the day. It wouldn't help me at all, you know, by work standard. But it would keep me calm and it would keep me from getting angry. And the guy benefited. And he laughed about it. And he benefited out there. He's like, man, what are you doing? Oh, this pallet thing fell and... I was just wishing I was a cowboy, you know, doing ranch work. But I'm out here delivering Cokes and giving people diabetes and and uh, liver cancer and all that good stuff. But but anyways, you know, we, you know, you ever, you ever thought about maybe God will test you? And maybe no one's got to see it. Maybe you're just angry eternally. And, 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 and God says, well, you know, I'm not going to bless him with that because he's obviously not ready. You know, we don't know. I don't know how, I don't know what God wants to do. And I'm not saying that God does it every time. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there. if you're praying for something to happen, you know, and, and you're wanting something, you need to make sure that, that you're doing everything you can to have a good relationship with God. And that you're doing everything you can to, to have a good testimony as a, as a young Christian or as an older Christian. You know, I know one thing that is so important, you know, my parents are about as the, I know they say, I know I say this all the time and every kid says this, but I personally believe I have some of the greatest parents in the world. I mean, they have done everything they can for me, but that doesn't mean I remember times when I was young and they got angry and they lashed out, you know, and, and looking back, you know, now that I'm older, now that I see how how they handled that situation, even though I remember how I was acting, I remember what I was doing, but how they handled that situation, and particularly, they were wrong. They got mad. And there was, I'm not saying every spanking I got wasn't justified, but there was a few spankings that my sister needed spanking for, and somehow I got a spanking for it. And, and I always thought, man, if they would just look a little deeper, do a little bit more investigation, she would have gotten the spanking and I wouldn't have. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I just thought about that. But, but to be slow to anger, slow to wrath. You know, if you ever watch the, the Fireproof movie, I mean, that couple, like the other day, me and Mallory Witness, I mean, they fought and fought. You know, they were just yelling, screaming at each other. I mean, anger's dangerous, y'all. It's bad for the body. It can get your stress level going up. Your blood pressure skyrockets. It can cause a heart attack. You can pull a muscle. You can hurt yourself. I mean, just being angry in general, even without the Bible or anything spiritual, being angry in, 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 in general can be harmful. It can be very harmful. And you got to remember, I'll, I'll end on this note because I, I know I got to go and I'm taking up a lot of time, but I'll end on this note. I'll end on this note. Anger 
is one letter short of danger, okay? Anger is one letter short of danger. When we're angry, when we're angry and we get mad and we pitch a fit and we're upset, it is not just us that we're harming. It is not just us that we are, we're going to hurt ourselves. It's our family members that have to witness this. It's our church. It's our work place. It's our community. It's everywhere. When we're angry, it's like an atomic bomb. It's not just ground zero that gets hit. And it blows up and it just scatters and it spreads, you know, and boom, it just rapidly goes everywhere and people lose their homes and everything. It was devastating and, and all this stuff. But not only that, but the people on TV, maybe they had fam friends and families in that thing. You know, or when a bad tornado or something comes, you know, uh, or whatever, destruction follows and people get hurt. So next time you're angry and you want to throw a punch at a guy or you want to say some things that are ungodly, or maybe in your heart you're just so angry and you're built up inside where it causes you to be antisocial and you just want to go to your room and sit there and you don't want to do anything with your family or your friends. You know, it, when you get to that point, remember, it's not just you you're harming. It's other people. People that care about you. People that love you. People that are worried about your well-being. It's, it's, it's almost a, a, a selfish act to be angry in that kind of way. But remember, not all anger is bad. You can be angry at sin, but you can only be angry at sin because it's separating them from God. But it's how you handle anger deciphers whether that is it becomes sinful or not. How you handle it is so important. And these are just a few Bible verses I explained. I'll, I'll throw them back at you if you want to go through them again. Ephesians 4, 26. Psalms 7, 11. Romans 1, 18. Psalms 103, verses 8. And James 1, 19. Those are the few verses I used. Um... And obviously, you can Google this. You know, you can look up anger, Bible verses on anger, Bible verses about God's anger or people's anger. And, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a big old topic about this we could go on forever about. But the most important thing, what I wanted to get to is, what is anger? Is it sinful? No, it's not sinful. Um, it is just how we handle it does it become sinful. And what do we do? How do we handle ourselves from being unjustifiable angry? I think I said that right. Unjustified anger. How do we handle that? Because we're, people are going to disappoint us. Remember, guys, this is important too. Expectations ruins relationships. If you expect a friend, a family member, or someone at church to do something for you and they don't come through... Um, you can be angry at them or disappointed in them and you can ruin a relationship. Remember, expectations ruins relationships. Not saying that, that you should expect them to do something. Because a lot of them, you know, hey, if you make a promise, I, I'm going to hold you to that promise. 
But if you hold them to a higher standard that they that they can't to where they can't hardly keep that promise, and if they do keep if they don't be able to keep that promise, how are you going to react to it? It is so important how you react to it, because your attitude. Remember, we are representing Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. So people see Christ through us. And if they see us lashing out, and if they see us angry, and if they see us all upset, that literally might push them away from God. Remember that, guys. Remember that. I know I said that in the beginning of the podcast, but remember that. We are to be calm, loving, merciful, happy people. Bible says that we are strange. We're weirdos. We don't fit in this world because this world is full of anger and betrayal and deceit and lust and temptations and destruction. This whole world that was starting to be based about. But we are different. We are the light and the darkness, the salt of the earth. We are supposed to be different. When people see us, we should be like, hey, they, people should be like, hey, that, that guy, he is just always smiling. He's always laughing. He's always got a good attitude. I guarantee you that guy goes to church. Or maybe you go and ask him. Maybe someone comes up to you and say, hey, who was your mom and daddy? Are you, are you so-and-so? Or, hey, do you go to church or this or that? Like, I could say you were a Christian. I knew you were when you walked in them doors. Maybe not that, but, you know, they can see Christ through us. And sometimes we forget, like, ah, nah. Nah, they can't. There's no way. There's no way that people can see that. Listen, God works through people. God works through lost people. And if God wants to reveal himself, he will. Bible says so. We just read where they're without excuse. I mean, the whole earth is evidence of God's, you know, being creation. You don't think that God can place in their hearts and minds that, man, that that person, I guarantee you, goes to church. He's got to be a Christian. Attitude is altitude, ladies and gentlemen. So important how we handle these situations. So next time someone hurts you or disappoints you or says something to you, remember, be slow to anger and slow slow to wrath and slow to speak, swift to hear. I said it all backwards. That's a cam dyslexic. You know, be calm. Be merciful. Remember that they are sinners also, and they may not be in a, in a, in a position as good as you have it. Maybe they've been dealt worse cards than you have. Maybe they haven't had the opportunity that you've had to be in church, to grow up with the Christian family. Maybe they're not there yet. Maybe they're not at your level yet. Maybe they're young and they're naive and they don't understand and they need some guidance. Remember, you know, don't just throw them into the fire. Don't just push them to the side. Help them out. Say a little something. Invite them to church. A lot of times it can be discouraging being a Christian, but, but guys, you know, listen here. We are to walk like Christ. We're to do everything like Christ. We're to be the example. And to be that example comes with a price. It's a lot of disappointment. And we can't just open up our, our emotions, you know, of anger. You know, we have to keep ourselves together. 
because who we are and who we represent. Well, I've rambled on long enough. I hope y'all enjoyed that. Um, we'll do more of those if y'all like it. Remember, guys, you know, let me know. Send me a message on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, let me know. Shoot me a text if y'all have my number. You know, uh, let me know what y'all think. Let me know what I could do better. What do y'all want to hear? Um, how are y'all liking the podcast? You know, y'all, y'all let us know what, um, what we need to do. And, you know, we're, we're all about, you know, we want, you know, we're doing this for me and Mallory because we like to do this kind of stuff and we really want to be able to look back, like I said, and remember these things, but we also want y'all to benefit from it too. So, um, and remember y'all, if I had said something wrong on the podcast, something unbiblical, you know, I'm, I'm not a preacher. Okay. You know, I'm just a young man, you know, I read the Bible and I study it and I, and I, and I pray about it and I pray to God that, that, you know, his word, he, he's using, he's using me through him, you know, or, or he's going to use me to be a vessel unto him so that I can get the word of God out, you know, but I'm going to make mistakes. I may say something that's dumb. I may say something that's off topic. That's not politically correct. I don't know, but, um. But for those who know the Bible and that, that, that you know, they say, hey, you know, you, you've said something wrong. Don't be afraid to don't let me. Don't be afraid to let me know that, hey, you said this there and there and it's no big deal. But yada, yada, yada. You know, don't be mean to me. You know, don't be rude. But just, you know, let me know. Let me know that, you know, if, um, if I said something wrong that, you know, let me know. Just let me know. Anyways, uh, more tips and tricks if you want to let us, you know, like if you want to hear something, you want to talk about something, let us know. Hey, if you want to be on the podcast, let me know, man. Let me know. I mean, this thing isn't just here at the house. We can bring this anywhere. So um, if you want to be on the podcast, you know, if you want to talk to and there might be times where it's just Mallory and somebody, you know, but right now it's just been me, but, um, but it might, you know, you never know if you want to be on the podcast, let us know. You know, we want to have everyone. We just we just want to get here and have a good fellowship and a good conversation. That's all what it's all about, you know, and, and a good, clean Christian environment that everyone can benefit about it. All right, y'all, while I'm out of here, I got to get ready. I got to go to church in a minute, and, and my wife's about to come because she interrupted the podcast. But you know what? Slow to anger, slow to wrath. Love y'all. Y'all take it easy.